Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Ah, uh, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. Two weeks in a row, the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 118. My name is Brandon Olinger. You can call me Brando. Join with me, as always, my man, your man, everybody's number one fan man, Ben the Law Dog Watson. I don't wind up on your back, bro. Oh, there's people winding up on their backs, bro. Oh, baby. Are we back two weeks in a row? We're back. Two weeks in a row. It feels so good. I needed this in my life. Oh, I, I need it. it. Look, the bottom line is I need to talk to some wrestling. We're going to talk to some wrestling. And you know, we say that a lot on this podcast, and I don't know if people really know the inside joke about that, except for the people from like the very beginning. During the first podcast we dropped, 117 of them ago, we were doing it, and Brandon was a little nervous, ain't going to lie. And he was talking, and he was like trying to say, oh, hey, we're here, and we're going to talk wrestling. But he said, we're "We're here, and we're going to talk to some wrestling. And I'll never let it down. And it's fun. It's funny. That is a true story. I did do that. We've come a long way since then. <laughs> We're talking to some wrestling, though, baby. We've gotten a little better at pronouncing names. A little better. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> you and I will literally have a conversation talking about the same wrestler. I'll say his name one way. You'll say his name the other. And we just do it the entire time. <laughs> yes, we do. Without even saying anything. The best ever. Geraldo or Geraldo? Geraldo Geraldo Rivera, baby. With that mustache. <laughs> Anthony? Anthony Geraldo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. From Rutgers? Oh, that was such that a was great, great episode. Man. That was awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> Remember when we did that pod where we... Um, <laughs> we did the pod where we... Uh, we It was like our, it's our one-year anniversary pod, and we went and took back clips that we loved from... Uh, uh, the first year. Like, like, so, re- like our little version of bloopers re- and outtakes. Him. Yeah, that was great. The one with Kale about how we needed to get him a Waffle House waitress <laughs> like <laughs> because of the Tiger Woods thing. Because we needed, we wanted to screw up his life so they would stop beating Ohio State. My dog is in the house with us today. L.E.L., she's, you hear a squeaking noise, that's her playing with her monkey. And I mean that. It's just how you think it meant. <laughs> However you want to think it, man. So what's been up, dog? Uh, not much, dude. Uh, so let's uh, take care of the normal introductory business and then we'll get into some of this wrestling talk. Um, the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 118. Um, you guys know we got some social media out there. The Twitter, it's uh, at the Inside Trip one um, Ben's got a Facebook page that he doesn't pay attention to. It's uh, the Inside Trip. Yeah, I ain't paying um, attention to that shit. Pretty sure we got an Instagram it's floating around out there somewhere. It's the inside trip. I got a Snapchat lately. Ben does have a Snapchat. Yo, you snap me up. It's Bill underscore Silverado. Add me on Snap. Teach me the ways. You're going to get some funky snaps. S- send me some nudes. Ugh. If they're chicks. Oh, Billy Bob from Iowa going to send you a nude. Uh, you know, look, I'm not above checking out a nice dick pic. Uh, uh, anyway, we got an email. Um, it's the inside trip one at gmail.com. I do want to s- <laughs> say thanks to. Uh, all the people that sent us emails the last week, uh, the kind words were, were, were just 
very, very uh, w- w- well received. Um, thanks to Mike Hallam out there. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's what we needed. Yeah, always appreciate the kind words. Um, is there anything else that we got? Oh, the podcast itself. Find it at all your typical podcast locations. Yeah. But wait, there's more. SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Ben's all-time favorite. The Podbean. Go out there, find it, subscribe, flick it, download it, <laughs> listen to it. And you know what? If you're feeling froggy, give us a rate and a review. We also got T-shirts. Just kidding. We don't yeah. have T-shirts. We're going <laughs> to get them sometime, maybe next year. <laughs> oh, so, Ben, we are at February, what, 20th right now. This the is The first postseason conference tournament kicks off uh, what, six days from now, 26th. That's what I'm saying, bro. What is it, Pac-12s? Pac-10s, uh, Pac-8, yeah, whatever it yeah. is, the Pac-4? Yeah, there's a couple out there, yeah. Um, so... Uh, Definitely excited about that. The uh, postseason is right around the corners. With that said, wrapping up some dual season right now. Had a couple duels take place lately. I think uh, Michigan and Michigan State battled. Uh, we had the uh, the uh, an- the yearly anticipated showdown between Penn State and Ohio State take place. Who anticipates that? Not me. You Penn State fans? Not me. Um, <laughs> That's about it. So we're probably going to spend some time talking about that right Do now. Do you remember Carrie from? Uh, she writes for uh, the PSU stuff. Yeah. She, I read her article about the about the duel before it happened, and she just laid into Ohio State like she did not let up, just beating the hell out of them about how they're not like even a great team, let alone a great program. <laughs> I was like, I was like, go off, dude, go off. What type of rule do we and look? I'm not. I'm not saying I disagree with her a ton right now, right. you know, but what type of world do we live in where a team that's got three consecutive runner-up finishes, three Big Ten championships, they're ranked inside the top ten right now. Won an NCAA title. In 2017. <laughs> What's going on? I think it was 15, wasn't it? Was it 15? Yeah. I get them all mixed up. I know. I was That I, weekend was a blur. Hey, I was pretty drunk. That was New York. I was pretty drunk from the 2010 to 2020. <laughs> uh, um, you know, but like, what world do we live in where you're like, that's not even a good program? I, I think that she's just look. There's some salty. You're bitter, dog. man. There's like, some salty dogs going on. Yeah, well, Tom Ryan makes it easy to not like the Buckeyes sometimes with some of the shit he does and says. Let's Girl, be all honest. coaches are like that, right? Right. All coaches right. are like that. Hey, I ain't hating. But anyway, so Penn State, Ohio State last night. Um, for those of you that uh live under a rock. Penn State won. It was a good duel. Was it? I really think it was. To be honest with you, I enjoyed the duel. Ohio State was in it at times. A couple different things swing their way. They might have had a chance. Now, they weren't expected to win. They're not a better team. But I tell you what, I was impressed with a majority of their lineup. A majority of it. Not all of it, but I was impressed with the majority of it. You were impressed with the majority of Ohio State's lineup. Yes, yes. None other than Malik Hanselman, man. Yeah, yeah. We definitely want to talk about Malik for a second. Ben, this is great. I love when you and I see things differently. Um, I'm concerned. Good. Okay, I'm a little concerned right now. Okay. Um, and I think you saw some things in this in this duel that that support my concerns. And I'm and I'm I'm concerned going long term because we have a lot of highly ranked recruits on this team right now that are not meeting anywhere near the expectations they had coming in. And that is indicative of a coaching staff and a program. Yeah. And Ohio State is a recruiting national champs every, almost every year. 
Not every year. I mean, they, they, they're they up there. Top five? Oh, man. They bring in big-time recruits. So let's talk about Malik Heinzelman. Um, I wanted to talk about him last week. We saved it for this week. I, I couldn't be happier with what this dude is doing. I think what we're seeing in Malik this year, these jumps, this growth, is what we've been waiting for the last three years. Now, this is a guy, keep in mind, that hasn't had a red shirt. Came in undersized. That's such a great point that he hasn't had a red shirt. He's a true junior who never wrestled like above, like li- realistically what he should have been in high school, 113 pounds. Like I think he wrestled 120 his senior year in high school, but he really was a 13-pounder. Yeah, he was light, wasn't he? Oh, super he was, light. He was super light. And he comes in and he starts as a freshman. True. So, and I think you saw in this match last night, I was probably in the minority because this was actually one of the matches where I I expected Malik to win. Now Robert Howard, I did too. Stepping in to start for Penn State, huge recruit out of New Jersey, two-time state champ from Bergen Catholic, four-time finalist. Yeah. Okay, um, I, you know I think he was what on the world team as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he probably he, got medals and shit. He's got accolades. Um, so Penn State fans, rightfully so, they expected Robert to come in and win this match. But I think what we saw, we saw Malik do to him what guys have done to Malik the last few years, and that's big brother him a little bit. Right, right. Um, and I like it because I, Malik's offense is more dynamic. His confidence is up there. But this year, and we'll talk about this match, Malik's flipped the script on some of these guys that have gotten him in the past. Rayvon Foley, okay, um, has had his numbers the entire oh, time. Oh, yeah. The entire time. Yeah. You know, Malik, the dude from Rutgers. Malik got him this year. Um, yeah, so. Aguilar, I believe, year, from Rutgers as well. Last year, I'll, take, uh, I'll use this as an example. Devin Schroeder, 125 Purdue. Last year beat Malik Hanselman 20 to nothing. Balled him up. 20 and then, to nothing. And the year before that, when Malik was Major. a freshman, majored him Major. in the Big Ten. Yep. They wrestled this year. That's Malik's only loss, one to nothing. There's a little bit of growth there. Big time. And Malik was, hey, Malik was in on some, some shots to be able to take Schroeder. He, he took Schroeder. He, he took him all the way. Yes. But Malik has really good wins this year. He's been consistent. He's actually scoring a decent amount of, amount of points, and he's not giving up that many points either. He had a nice win over uh, Justin Cardani from uh, Illinois early in the season to start it off. He's got the win over Rayvon Foley. We talked about Devin Schroeder. He just beat his last two matches come against two highly decorated, highly um, ranked recruits in Kurt McHenry and Robert Howard. Right. I like what he's doing going into Big Tens. Look. You, you hit the nail on the head. And, and, and so, I, you know, I took some notes, but I'm going to drop down to my notes a little bit. And the one big thing you said was he's not giving up a lot of points. And that is a huge difference. What we saw before with Malik, I remember when he wrestled, he always had the goods, but he wrestled, uh, who was the guy that uh, made the finals against Gilman and then transferred to WVU like his senior year? Moisey. 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 Transferred. He was in that match, and then to Moisey Nebraska. took him. Yeah, and then Moisey took him down and rode him out. Right. M- he what, couldn't get out. What used to happen was Malik would be able to battle, but as soon as he gave up a takedown, and he would give up a takedown just because he wasn't capable of fighting off shots that well, he would then just get ridden like a dog. With Howard, he fought off a ton of shots. Now Howard's bigger than Malik. Okay, Malik is definitely bigger than he used to be, but Howard is definitely a little bit bigger than Malik. Not a ton, but a little bit bigger than Malik. But what he was able to do is he stuffed some shots. He almost pancaked Howard to his back at one point, stuffing shots. And You would have never seen him done that over the last no. couple of years. Never. Hey, he kept him off his legs. He could ski. Not only did he scramble well, which Malik could always do, he was able to use, utilize legitimate hand 
head defense, Gibbons would have been proud to stop Howard from getting in on his legs. And when he did get in on his legs, he was able to scramble to put Howard in danger and score a takedown. He put him in danger off of a roll through, hooked the leg, and got a takedown. And the biggest key to the entire match, and I was sitting there and I was watching it with one of my friends. Um, she's just getting into wrestling, so I was kind of explaining everything to her. I was like, okay, Malik's choosing bottom. This is huge. Normally he's very bad on bottom. Got out in six seconds. That's the difference between Malik this year and last year. He's not getting ridden, and he's not getting taken down. Like, he's able to fend off shots. Sure, he's going to get taken down every once in a while. Schroeder couldn't take him down. But what the real difference is, besides those two things, is he is moving so well on his feet. And the dynamic parts of his offense are finally bearing fruits to points. We always used to know he was fast and he could get in on a low single, but now he's finishing those shots. In fact, one of the shots that he finished was just off of, like, a short offense, Howard kind of stepped up, and Malik just circled around and grabbed the leg, and Howard had a deep whizzer in, putting all his weight on it, and Malik just hit his shoulder, circled back, collected the two. It was just so technically sound. To see some technically sound wrestling, along with that little scramble where he put Howard on his back from neutral to get the um, danger near, or to get the danger takedown, I couldn't be happier with the way that he wrestled. You know, he's not going to give you a lot on top, but that's okay because if you can get out on bottom, you can stop people from taking you down, and you can get a takedown or two. I tell you what, Malik Heinzelman legitimately could make the finals of the NCAA tournament if, he, if, if, if the bracket is on the right side. Nobody's beating Spencer Lee. But. I mean, I think that's a pretty bold statement. I'm not saying I can't get on board with that. I think we talked about this last week, you know, Two through twenty at one twenty-five is a complete toss-up. Okay, it's it's going to be whoever has gets hot, wrestles well, has a great tournament. So yeah, Malik definitely could be in there. Um, so Malik's first two years as a starter, wrestling what they would consider as ranked matches, quality matches against you know guys that would consider ranked matches for um, NCAA purposes. Yeah, right. You know, it was like one in twelve. One in 12 in two years. His only win was over Jack Medley last year. This year, he's got three matches. He's two and one. And again, that one loss is a one to nothing loss to Devin Schroeder. So there's growth. There's confidence. This is one of the few bright spots that I can get hyped up about for Ohio State. Um, because I do have – I got a lot of concerns, man. You saw, it's always a black shirt now, which means that he's doing something different, like, in the room, right? The, you know, they give out the black shirts. I think that it's kind of a silly idea. Sorry. I, I don't get into all that shit. I thought the pin chain was fun, but, you know. The pin chain was fun because I like how it pissed everybody off because they were doing it. Right. But the black shirt thing doesn't mean a lot to me. But the, he got it, which means that they obviously trust him. He's obviously w- what doing is it? different. What is it, like a guy that works hard in the room? Uh, yeah, a guy that, yeah a, guy that does, a guy that lives the lifestyle, the right lifestyle. Oh, man, I like that stuff. You don't like that? Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, you even, never lived the lifestyle, look, so you're probably a little, Tom Ryan's little, doing, little I'm bitter. I'm sure that, like, if you have a vaccine, you probably can't be a black shirt. If Tom Ryan's the one deciding. He's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> God, sorry. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> um, um, whatever it is, you're seeing, you know, the fruits of the labor. I like what we see from him. He can make a lot of noise in the postseason. he's got two years left after this if he wants it. Yeah, I mean, if, if this year doesn't count, yeah, he's got two years left. Hell, three if he wants to take a red shirt. He could be, he could be a three-time All-American. Let's, we were let's down walk. On this guy. Let's crawl before we can walk. Yeah, but we were down on this we, dude. Well, we were, and rightfully so. Our freshman but, year, we were up on him. Speaking of down. He, let's won make... a NCAA, he won a match with the NCAAs as a freshman last year. 
he took a huge step back. Remember his hit list as a freshman? Beating guys like uh, Diagostino, beating guys like Cronin. Be- he- Man, his hit list as a freshman was crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, as a freshman, he was 24 and 11. Last year, he took a huge step back, 18 and 15. And he was getting beaten by guys that he kind of owned. He owned the year before. Yeah. No, no, I agree with you completely. All right, speaking of down, let's get to 133. I've got a good way to start this off, 133, to to show you my concerns. Let's do a little transitive property here, if you don't mind. I love transitive property. And we can do it both ways. So Malik just beat Howard, who just beat Medley, who Medley weighed in at 125 and beat the hell out of Jordan Decatur. And also, Malik's beaten Medley like four times. Medley goes in and weighs in at 125 and beats the hell out of Jordan Decatur. Like, that's the match that like, is even more, more concerning. Getting teched by Robbie Howard, excuse me, by RBY. Yeah, I mean, that was... RBY's a stud. Yeah, but... Getting beat by a guy that weighed in at 125 who's a national qualifier level guy but not an All-American? What's going on in Columbus? I don't think we've seen anything different from Jordan Decatur this year that we saw last year. He still looks gassed. He still looks lost. He gets outclassed. He gets outmanned. And this is a guy who was one of the biggest recruits in the country coming in. He's actually taking a step back. Last year, he was getting his butt kicked, but at least he would get takedowns. He took down Seth Gross like three times. He took down um, DeSanto twice. I think right. he, You know what I mean? Like, he was at least showing some skills, but then just showing that, hey, I'm just, you know, not ready. This year, he's not even getting those takedowns against those good guys. He's barely hanging on to beat. This is a huge recruit. Huge. Dude, he lost – and this guy's a tough kid, but they, they, they hail from the same state. He lost first match of the season to Lucas Bird, Ohio kid for out of LaSalle. Right. Lucas and, Bird was tough in high school. Real tough kid. But, but Jordan no Decatur was the man in high school right. in Ohio. And had they met in Ohio in high school, Decatur would have mollywhopped him. He, he would have beat him up pretty good. Exactly. So it, we have harped on this ad nauseum. 133 is not this man's weight class. It's just not. He's just too big. It, it, he doesn't handle it well. He looks horrible. He can't get off bottom. He, no. And he, he, he doesn't have the energy. And by the middle of the second period, he's done. And, and here's the thing. I've been there. I've had some bad, bad weight cuts. When, you know, I come into the season weighing 150, cutting down to 125. I had some bad weight cuts. And I tell you what, you don't even want to wrestle when you do those types of weight cuts, man. I mean, I don't care how mentally tough you are. When you're sucking that much weight, the fucking sport sucks. It just isn't fun. It just is not fun. And right now, right. he's getting taken down, and he's just laying on his belly. And look, I'm not even going to blame this dude right now. I know we no, could. No, I'm not. I'm going to blame the coaching. Oh I'm blaming God. the coaching staff. Point blank. I, I blame the coaching staff. And and we're not and making up the fact that he's cutting a ton of weight. Because remember when they, Tom Ryan bragged about how he cut like 14 pounds in a day and a half to make – Weight or whatever last year. Well, great. You won the weight cut of the day award. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was Tom Ryan, but somebody had, like, posted, like, that he'd cut a ton of weight for the team. Well, last year in the Penn State duel, Robin, uh, RBY beat him 10-4. to 4. This year it was 20-8. to 8. So, uh, definitely a step back. Um, they need to figure something out with Decatur, whether it is – he hasn't redshirted yet, right? No, he started. Yeah, so I don't – he hasn't redshirted yet. 
Um, whether he needs a red shirt, whether he needs a new weight class, whether he needs to see a freaking shrink to get some confidence back, whatever it is, they need to figure something out because this guy has the goods. He needs a shrink to see to shrink that head. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen because he needs to lose weight. That ain't gonna happen. Um, but this is. Example number one of why I'm concerned with this coaching staff in the program. Because kids, parents, high school coaches, they're going to see, wait a minute. You want to bring our kid to Ohio State, but what about the Jordan Decaters, the Gavin Hoffmans, the Chase Singletaries? And the list can go on and on and on. These guys that, were, that came in with so much anticipation and accolades that are not meeting them right now. And well, you I- can't, Look, one kid, okay, let's blame the kid. Two... We got a little bad bunch, but when it's a repetitive theme, you gotta you gotta look at the leaders. Ohio State has trouble developing talent. There's no doubt about it. I don't care if you're if you're gonna get mad at me, not you, about listening to this. Ohio State has a lot of trouble developing talent. Whether it's putting them in the right positions, like why pull his red shirt last year, or you know. Recruiting the wrong people, not saying that Cater's is the wrong guy, for all intents and purposes. I've heard he's actually a really great person, hard worker, this, that, and the other thing. But I'm not going to be as down yet because we said the same shit about Malik Hinesman last year. He just needed room to grow. We've got to understand these guys are young kids, man. Hey, I barely got my life together, and I'm 37 freaking years old. Ben. You're right. But I don't think Malik Heinzelman and Jordan Decatur is apples-to-apples comparison. You said it earlier. Heinzelman came in. He battled. He was just getting out. He had a nice year. He was year. so small. One or two at the NCAA nice, tournament exactly. size. Nice year as a freshman. Last year took a step back. Jordan Decatur, we hardly get to see him battle right now. And when we do get to see Step him battle, weight, I, I know. So it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. This isn't like we're waiting for... You know the switch to, to you know the switch to turn on his head to finally figure things out. But remember what Pletcher said, and it's the same when we came when yes. he came on our podcast. Yes. He said when you're cutting a ton of weight, you can't focus on wrestling. All I agree you with care you. about is what you weigh and making sure you can make the weight. And Pletcher was a two-time All-American, or, or excuse me, three-time All-American, three-time All-American because uh, of the NWCA, and he looked okay. But we were kind of worried about him. When he was when he was younger, you know, and his, and he was cutting a thirty three, he did good. He had some really nice wins, but every match was close. Holy shit! Did we get to see his real wrestling potential when he went up to his weight class? He was. I agree. He was a he was amazing. I agree. Last year, and it's just another theme when it comes to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Guys cutting too much weight. Guys not living up to their expectations because they're cutting that much weight. We could write out a laundry list right now of it, but. Let's just not even do that. So, I, you know, RBY, he's the RBY we think he is. Jordan Decatur, a lot of concerns there. Um, hey, is RBY not is – he, is he not a guy that you just think is going to win a title at some point? Or is he more of like a here, – here's, here's the question I have. Is Roman Bravo Young more of a Dayton Fix type guy or a Nick Seriano type guy winning titles? Or is he more of a Cade uh, Brock type guy? Super flashy. Got great things. Will always all American. Just does will not have the goods to actually get it done completely. Um, Cade Brock, nobody looks better when you're watching this dude drill than Cade Brock, the the slickest motherfucker you know. RBY, in my opinion, is in the category of 
the Dayton Fix and the Nick Sirianos. I will Shit. say, though, Dayton Fix has not won a title. So Right. Yeah, I know. I'm putting that Headgear pull. But RBY, he can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the country. He can beat any one of these guys in the weight class. You think he can beat the, Stephon? The weights are just so deep. You think, I think he he's got Stephon? the. T- I think he's got the talent. I'm not saying he's going to do it. He's got the goods. He's not a one-trick pony. Okay, he's not a one-trick pony. Mm-mm-mm. Not at all. Cade Brock? He could, a little bit of a one trick pony. He's more of a slick guy. Yeah, you know, he wanted to get to those you know slide bys, his inside trips, stuff like that. Why got a little bit on top? Why? His defense, his speed, athleticism, offense, top game, dude. He's the complete package. He's just had the uh, I don't know the the misfortune of wrestling is. and and, and, and one thirty three is historically always one of the most stacked weight classes. Oh man, it's a beast. Okay, one of the the most stacked. I mean, last year. You got Rivera, Seth Gross, DeSanto, RBY, Michich. I mean, just run it back. All like, these dudes. Like, I mean, yeah. like, it's like, I'm not saying it is, but it's like the, the flow, you know, the flow movie that just came out. You know, it's like the 149 pound weight class back in 2008 or whatever. Right. It's just so stacked with these guys that any given year, any other year, would win a title. Right. But, but the difference is, like, very few of them, like, change weight classes to go win titles later at weight, different weight classes. So they're all just getting beat up. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. So, no, I, I think he's in that, that upper echelon category. You think he's he can win a title? Good. I think he can win a title. I'm not saying he will, but I, don't I think know he, he can. absolutely can. I, I, think that the, I think there's a couple guys that might be able to slow him down. Because that's the only way you're going to beat him. Because if you but want to go toe-for-toe toe and just – if you want to go toe-for-toe toe from an athletical and technical standpoint against this dude, the only person I can think of is Michik. Fix let, is not athletic enough to do it. Michik might be. Let me – Okay, let me rephrase it a bit. Did we ever see anything from Cade Brock that gave us the confidence that he could go through an entire tournament, handle his business, and win a title? One time. When he inside tripped Cody Brewer and stuck him in his first match ever. Okay. I'm, I disagree with that. But was that sweet, though? It was sweet. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> right. It was pretty awesome. We, we, we did not. We, yeah, he could get hot. Dude, he could pull some big stuff out of his pocket. He could look fun to watch. Real good wrestler. Real good wrestler. Yeah. We've seen RBY and what he can do. Yes, I've seen him, and he's given me you know, the impression that this man, he could have a hell of a turn. He could run through a bracket and win. He's got the goods. Yeah, he's yeah. got the goods. All right, all right. You, you, you know what? I think you know who might be the bad matchup for him? Check, check right now if these guys have wrestled. Mm-hmm. RBY and Mickey Philippi. Uh, I'll tell you one second. Um, I, I th- that might be a bad matchup for RBY, though. Mickey Philippi could be a bad matchup for a lot of people because of his hand fighting, his defense. He, he can slow lengthy, it down. Right. He can slow it down for sure. The only way I think RBY – not, not, not the only way, but RBY would be behooved to beat Mickey Philippi by the same way we said Miles Martin could beat Bo Jordan. So Getting in on double legs to stop the scramble. Right. Um, so they did meet at the NCAA championships uh, in, let's see, in uh, 2019. RBY beat him 4-3. to three. Okay, so and that's the year RBY finished like seventh, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So I, I, it seems like it's a pretty tough matchup for both of them. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those. Look, you've got the dynamic offense, the guy that's hard to score on, kind of like the positionally sound, solid guy. They ride the shit out yeah, of you. Yeah. It, it's it's like a, a battle against Wills right there. It's a fun match to watch. But yeah, I mean, Mickey Phillip, he's a bad matchup for a lot of people. That's why he's had great wins. He really. We had this debate. Up. You know. Yeah. He beat, he beat Pletcher. He beat Lee Zach. He's beaten some dudes. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, I got you. I got you. All right, one forty-one. Um, I, th- I got some stuff to say about. No, that. It, speak your mind. I think I, I, what I was going to say to start it out was um, 
I mean, we saw um, Nick Lee is who we think he is, right? Sticking with that theme. Um, he did his thing, got the job done. Um, 141 is a weight class right now where, you know, we're seeing um, D'Amelio, okay? Uh, you know, residents of Ohio, Ohio natives, you know, a favorite of ours. Um, but this is a situation where we had another huge, hyped-up recruit in Echemendia who struggled a little bit, to be expected. Um, and now it's D'Amelio's spot. Yeah, so I got a lot to say about this. So we talk about Echemendia. oh, do you? Yeah, you got we, a lot to say about yeah. something. We talk about Echemendia the being attorney. All, we talk about <laughs> we talk about Echemendia being all hyped up. Ugh. Who hyped him up, bro? The media, everybody, the wrestling nah. media hyped him. Up. Okay, yeah, they did. The fan base, the coaching staff. He's a freestyle guy, man. Well, okay, slow your roll there. Hi, hot dog. Let's go. Yeah, the majority of his life experience in wrestling has been freestyle. He's not a guy that wrestled in the states that ref- that just focused on freestyle. He didn't go to you know a Greco regional club or anything like that. You know he he grew up in Cuba. He comes to the United States, dominates Arizona, dominates Fargo. Okay, and beats the hell out of Josh Saunders and who's number one in freestyle. Right. So. We knew there was going to be deficiencies and things he had to develop because there's much more to, to folk style wrestling than just takedowns on your feet, okay, and pushouts. So there's a huge learning curve right there. Now, is Ohio State the best place to teach somebody how to get up from bottom? Probably, probably no. Probably no. Hey, so I'm going to defend. I don't anticipate that. No, I don't anticipate that I happening. I didn't know you're going there, but I like it. Okay, um, is it easy for guys who don't have any experience? turning people in folk style to come to college and learn how to be a prolific turner. No, he ain't going to be Probably a turner. Not. He ain't going to be a turner. No. I don't think he's going to be a writer. We want him to be a Snyder. Exactly. But but he ain't no Snyder. But hold on. I've been, oh, I've thought about this so much, he man. Ain't no Snyder. I have thought about this so much. Snyder, no, he's no Snyder. Okay, no Snyder at all. But the comparison, it's a great comparison. Snyder, had he been at 133 pounds, 141 pounds, 149 pounds, Snyder would have struggled greatly. But he had the benefit of being at 197 in heavyweight where he was able to, to maximize his athleticism and dominance on his right, feet. He, right. he, he, he wasn't going to ride those dudes. Snyder couldn't ride a tuna sandwich. Well, he rode Wiz to get to overtime to get that takedown, and that was the only time I ever saw him really ride somebody. Okay, great. Awesome. But, no, and, and I was that, 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 that was that was That was an amazing moment. Yeah, but I the point I'm making is it's different when – you can when you're the superior athletically guy at your weight classes. When you move much faster than everybody, right? Else. And you're just overwhelming these guys. Okay, who who these guys are guys that they don't know how to take people down. You know they 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 want to they they want to fall on you and then prison ride you like Tony Nelson. Oh God. Okay, so hey, ain't nobody got time for that. So that's why the learning curve wasn't as steep for Snyder. Plus, he had he had folk style experience. I expected a steep learning curve a for kind of folk style experience. Expected it, but. I don't like how the situation has been handled by the, by the coaching staff, man. Either you commit to the dude, accept the fact that he's going to have deficiencies, get him out there. He's hurt. I, I, I get that. I get that. But I think there was some hesitation going on anyway. Because they well, he lost the wrestle-off, right? To right. Emilio. Yeah. I don't think they were Your point is that. well taken. I don't think they respect that. But he, you, you commit to him, and you're like, we're going to battle through this. You just you do, do everything you can on your feet. We're going to work through the mat game. Okay. Even if he wasn't hurt, I don't know if he'd be the starter. So your point, exactly. your point is very exactly. well taken. So, um, but here's really, the thing. Go. On his feet, he went uh, – Ironman couldn't really take him down. You know what I mean? He went toe-to-toe with Ironman on his feet. Okay. 
So, which means and that's and that's that's which awesome. Means that he ain't a bad wrestler on his feet. No, he's at Jamindia. Yeah. No, he's not. A, he's great on his feet. He struggles but, to score because he because stylistically though, Ironman is a good matchup for him on his feet. Right. Okay. Stylistically, stylistically, Nick Lee would eat his lunch. Oh my god, it would have been ugly. As okay. Shit. And, and that's not an insult to Etchemendia. That's indicative of how great Nick Lee is. But stylistically, look. Ironman wants to go. He wants to do funky stuff. Go upper body. Right. Etchemendia is used to that and, he and feels freestyle. Great in upper he, body. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's let's do it, bro. Yeah. But guys like Nick Lee, um, guys like uh, Sebastian Rivera, oh, they fu- they fuck him up. They're hard nosed, hard trained, technical assassins, and Nick Lee has a motor from hell. Nick Lee scares me. I mean, he is a bad dude. I mean, Kyle Snyder said, I'm still impressed that freaking I'm bringing hell. Who's coming with me? Nick Lee said, I'm coming. I'm bringing it. Nick too. Lee's like, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I, that's why I'm so impressed that Pletcher beat him at bigs. Like, cause that, that, that was Nick Lee's so good. I, I, I think there's a lot of people outside of Ohio. You know, they, they call us homers. I'm not being a homer when I say this, that truly didn't understand how to appreciate Luke Pletcher and just how great he was. His last how year, great he, was he was so dominant. Um, he was how great he was in everybody. high school. How big of a recruit he actually was. Had he gone to Penn State, he would have been all holy. The, the oh, yeah. Jesus has cometh. Same with Sasso. It, yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, talk to me about this match, man. So you can't tell me you were impressed with Emilio. Yes, I was. Oh, geez. So there's not. Yeah, I'm not going to really talk about. No, listen. I'm not going to talk about the match in terms of yeah. Nick Lee put it to him. Emilio fought his ass off. He got okay, in on okay, shots. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, okay. From the first period until the All last. Right. Right. He got in on shots. He fought off bottom as much as he could. Okay. And he hustled back to the center every time. That dude worked hard and he fought. All right. Is he anywhere close to Nick Lee's ability? No. But I tell you what, I saw something from him where I saw no give up. You Not know what? one You're talking me of off the up. ledge because you are right. And that's the great thing about D'Amelio. D'Amelio, regardless of what he ever does in college when it's all said and done, he is the type of guy that coaches want in their room. Yeah. Because you're right. He will battle. He wrestles with the chip on his shoulder. He's going to go out there and battle. But he bro, down on Nick Lee and got out. I mean, you know what I mean? Like he, Ohio State's one of the top programs in the country. We're in the Big Ten. Okay? You gave up three takedowns in the first period. Come on. I don't care if it's Nick Lee. Who it is. You give up three takedowns in the first period. Okay? Look, Nick, Nick Lee's beating up some pretty good guys. Oh, yeah. So, the fact that I – look, D'Amelio couldn't be an NCAA qualifier and win matches at the NCAA tournament. I could see him going two and two at the NCAA tournament this year as a is he a Fred redshirt freshman? He is a redshirt freshman. Yeah, yeah. I'm hey, telling you, and you didn't wrestle much in redshirt hey, last year. I think he was hurt. There's something special about this guy. I like D'Amelio. He beat Bo Bartlett in high school. You know he's, what concerns me? He's a good wrestler. You know what concerns me for D'Amelio? And I guess I'm just being harsh today, but D'Amelio is the type of guy in the right scenario, the right situation, he could be developed to be great. I just have concerns, Ben, because he's a guy that wants to be developed, wants to be coached. He's going to do whatever you tell him. He's a four-time state champ. Now, it was small school, Ohio, but he was a four-time state champ in Ohio. But he wrestled at the big tournaments against big competition. Yeah, he got some really nice wins in high school. He, he's, it, it, we get excited about him sometimes this year. You know, he, he's 4-4 four and four right now. He won four matches in a row, including, you know, decent wins over Carter Happel and Drew Matten. Um, yeah, I'm not saying, he's, I'm not saying he's amazing. No, no. But right now, you but know, good. against his two best, you know, the, the, the two biggest competition, uh, you know, opponents this year and Sebastian Rivera and Nick Lee. I mean, they dominated all aspects of those matches. So there's a lot. What was the CBAS score? 11 to 2. Yeah. OK. Um, and, and those are situations where 
it's cliche, but you, you just got outclassed. Like, they're just on a different yeah, level well, right now. For sure. He's a redshirt freshman. He's a redshirt freshman. But the coach has got to develop him, man. Because he's well, a dude the that concern. could be he, – there's a dude – he's a dude that could be great. He, he could easily be a starter at a lot of programs. The way he wrestles and the way he works kind of reminds me of kind of like one of those old school Iowa guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, except for he's – yeah, and he's got a – the, the, he's got the great equal. Not saying he wrestles too. Iowa style, no, but he'll yeah. run through a wall for you, and he wants to run through that wall. Right. And he wants to be great. He wants to be the starter. He took out Echemendia as the starter. You know the best thing about that wrestle off him beating Echemendia? Not the fact that he beat him. He's probably the better all around wrestler in all sure. aspects of folk style sure. wrestling. But the f- fact that he didn't back down and he wasn't phased by the hype of Echemendia, the big recruit. Right. The guy that's supposed to be a, 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 you know, an automatic. Uh, All American his first year, right? No, I, I think Flo hyped him up as a, a possible title contender right. at did. one point in time. They I, did. I think um, I like D'Amelio, man. People don't know as much about him outside of Ohio. The guy won four state titles in Ohio. He's got some really, really nice uh, off-season wins. Yes, he's not anywhere near Nick Lee or Sebastian Rivera right now. Very few people are, and I don't. And he's not even an All American contender to me this year. But I tell you what. He definitely is a guy that can win matches at the NCAAs as a freshman. That's impressive. So, I get, I'm get i so geeked up for the potential matchup between Ironman and Nick Lee. We talked about it last week a little bit. Nick Lee just beats D'Amelio. D- in Ironman's last match in the, in the Iowa-Ohio State duel, he pinned Echemendia. I mean, dude, they're both wrestling he so— He broke body. With that cradle. Oh. oh, my God. He like That's, that's where Echimandia got hurt. I think yeah. his ankle and knee got a little twisted up there. Who knows It was right. an entire leg. I mean, and it, it looked legit. Like, his leg was in an awkward position. And he already had it wrapped before. There's no <clears throat> doubt that that hurt. But how good are these two guys wrestling, and how great is it going to see? We're going to see the bigs, potentially. Seating is well, going to be. Not, the top three are all in the same yeah, conference. The to- I know. Let's not forget about the guy that beat Spencer Lee twice. No. Oh, I know. But seating is going to be so crucial for NCAAs, and I just love that all three guys are in the bigs, and they're going to get a chance to earn the number one seed. And even Chad Red's in there. Not, I'm not saying that he's in that criteria, but look, we've seen Chad Red and Nick Lee have some close ones. Bro, Chad Red is 7-1 and one this year, wrestling well in the, in, in the, in the regular season. Um, his only loss is to Ironman. Talk to me about him. What was that, what was that score? 8-4. to four, First match of the year. I mean, oh, and I and, and, and Ironman handled the, the match, basically. Yeah, um, I that match. Look, Ironman's wrestling well. Well, I think this move to Iowa... Has benefited him so well. I think it's confidence, confidence, um, energy, excitement. He likes that, he's and he's got, a, he's got a lot. He, oh, he's, he's yes, the Iowa yes, style, baby. You yes, know what I mean? yeah. I, I love it. I think it's so good for him. I, I, I really want to see these three guys wrestle. I, I really want to see Lee and and, and uh, Ironman wrestle so bad. We've oh. seen it before, but it's it's such a good match. Oh my god! Talk about the heavy hitters at Iowa, dude. Twenty five, thirty three, forty one. That's just gnarly. It. it, it Dude, even at forty nine, they got a guy that was ranked in the top five at forty one sure. last year. But he, but he ain't, he ain't these dudes though. But I'm saying like, no, those dudes are freak. Imagine the room. Oh. Who, who wins in a, We talked about this. Who wins, Spencer Lee or Ironman? I think Lee gets him. I think we already talked about this. I don't think they wrestle. I think he gets him. I don't think they wrestle. I, I don't think I would pick against Lee against anybody he wrestles <laughs> at this point. I'm not sure, except for Gable Stevenson, that he can't beat Stevenson. Stevenson, that he can't beat anybody else in the NCAAs. Maybe Paris. I'll never forget. I was at the Ohio State Penn State duel his freshman year when he comes out to wrestle Tomasella. Ohio State Iowa, yeah, yeah, uh, the Ohio State Iowa, and Ohio State was 
man, it was vibing, dude. They had the fire. It was the lights. A lot of people there. And I just remember looking at Spencer Lee when he came out, and it was like, you could tell this is a – He's a freshman, but he was a grizzled veteran. Like, he was not phased by any of it. That's what he does for a living, brother. Not phased by any of it. He was probably playing Pokemon in the back yeah. and he, then walked out. And he out. beat him. He beat him. He beat, beat him. him in the duel. Now, Thomas Howell beat him at Biggs, but then. Oh, but the NCAA, you got oh, he bow and arrow. He, he, he retore that ACL that was already torn <sighs> in that bow and arrow. You hurt my feelings now. Let's go to 149. Our Ooh, boy. This is interesting. Oh, okay. Sammy Sasso against Bo Bartlett. Guys. If you don't follow high school wrestling, this is a big match. These Dude. guys are two of the biggest recruits to come out of Pennsylvania in the last few years. Yeah. Okay? Um, Bo Bartlett is the real deal. Yeah, absolutely. 100% the real deal. But he's going to be, be a stud for Penn State. He's been wrestling at 41 most of the year. He's got one match at 49 this year where he beat, um, not Drew, but Cole Matten. So, you know, Cole's, he's an all right, it's an all right win for sure. But, uh, Was he a Wisconsin guy? No, uh, no, no. They're Michigan. Cole and Drew Matten, the Matten guys, the Matten guys. Uh, I, okay, from, from Iowa or okay. excuse me, Ohio. I don't know who I'm thinking of? You're thinking Cole Martin? Oh yeah, God, dog it. No, it's all good. Same, same thing. <laughs> same thing. I mean, they're different guys, but same, same, same idea. Same thing. You're close. Talk, um, to, talk to some wrestling. <laughs> Bo Bartlett went out there and caught Sammy Sasso flat-footed and took him down with a single leg, outside single leg, no tie up. Did not look. If you tell me a guy's going to take down Sammy Sasso with a single leg, I'm going to tell you that's not going to happen. Because Sammy Sasso is the king of defending single legs. Bo Bartlett finished that he single leg. He wants people to get to his yeah. leg. Bo Bartlett finished that single leg so fast, he caught Sammy Sasso so off guard. <laughs> Sammy Sasso had no chance on that takedown. You don't expect it to happen, but it's not surprising. I remember watching Bartlett as a freshman in high school at the, uh, the Ironman tournament. I think he was a freshman. And... The dude was just so composed and so technically sound. He is the real deal. And so for him to go out there and do that, I bet Sammy was a little surprised. Sammy was probably, you know, acting a little confident, like, let's have some fun here. Bartlett's not that type of guy. He's a hard-nosed grinder. No, they were were hand-fighting a bunch, and then Bartlett just broke away, and then boom, single leg. And I was also, it's an Oppo-style single leg because he's a lefty lead. So... You know, you're not because so Sammy's leading his right leg. You're not used to getting a single leg shot to that side. You're used right. to getting a high cross shot to that side. Man, he took him down quick. What I liked about the, that the bright point though, yeah. Sammy being the one guy in Ohio State that can get out of bottom, got an escape right away. Got an escape right away, and then back to business. The thing that I like about Sammy that you know we had a, we had a we had there were some current concerns last year about him creating his own offense, and I think those concerns are still a little bit valid. But what he's been able to do the last two matches is utilize his underhook to actually for leg attacks. Because we know he loves to get in the underhook, but he doesn't do much. Against Kanan's store, he got in the underhook, and he kind of did like a pop-up underhook, chase the near side ankle single leg. Mm-hmm. I don't think For he stomach. got it against store, but he, but he was going after it, and that's how he got a takedown uh, against Bartlett at the end of the first period. Got that underhook, chased the ankle um, to a single leg. Bartlett squared up. He immediately finished backdoor, quick finish, rode him out. Okay, so – I, want, I just want to comment real quick on your, your comment about Sasso creating his own offense. Okay, everybody has a style. Everybody has a go-to way to wrestle. Sasso has his, his, his main style. He, he likes the funk, get to my legs, I'm going to do some crazy stuff type thing. Right. Last year, what we talked about was we didn't feel confident that he had the ability to go get, get a takedown when needed to win a match. This right. year, he does. He's shown that. He may not, that may not be how he wrestles all the time. He's still going to go back to this funk stuff. But we've seen that he's got the ability now to go out and get a takedown when needed to win a match against high-level high opponents. Yeah, I, I just like that he's, yeah, 
you're exactly right. I just like that he's finally utilizing the underhook for offense. Because before we would see him get an underhook, and he's hit an inside trip before, but you know, or he would a lot of times he would just get he would get an underhook and pull the guy down. They would get into stalemate positions. He's actually using that underhook, and that's what I'm talking about in terms of development. Sammy's yep. actually developed. He's better this year than he was last. Oh, year. agreed. I've never understood, or maybe it's just always kind of intrigued me why more people don't utilize underhooks and two on ones because they are the most uncomfortable tie ups to be in if you're the opposite guy. I, you don't want to be in that position. Somebody gets an underhook on you. What are you taught to do immediately? Yeah, like kind of push away. Clear the hook. Clear the hook. Cut away. Or if you're a Ferrari, grab a guy's dick. (laughs) You know, and same with the two-on-one. Nobody wants a guy to grab, you know, his arm with both of his hands. It works. I'd like to see it more. Yeah. No. And and, and the nice thing, I'll tell you what, like kind of I finished off this. You know, he didn't score a ton, but I think Bo Bartlett is good. And Sammy Sassel just not, you know, although he's got some nice majors this year, he's not the most prolific scorer but he did what he did do, and I wish he would have finished the period on it. He gave up an escape with two seconds left. Bartlett took down. Sammy Sasso rode him. He rode well. Sammy Sasso said, look. He rode well. I, you know, let me introduce you to a little bit about college wrestling, about guys on top. He rode the shit out of him for one minute and 58 seconds. Then, unfortunately, he got away with two seconds left. I get it. Rather give that away than, you know, somehow give up in a reversal. Um, but, you know, we, we got to give Bartlett credit as well. I wonder who, who they're going to go with because Bearclaw – the other guy, the tall, linky dude, four-time state champ out of Utah. Um, what happened to McLaren? Is also shown well. He's there. I, I think if you're going to throw Bartlett out for, for this match, he, you commit. You ride, you, ride, you ride him out. It's free year. Wonder you what commit, he weighed in at. You ride him out. You know, he probably weighed he's in not 49. a little guy. He's not. He's not a little guy. I know. He was wrestling 41, but Nick Lee's obviously got that spot manned. So right. Who are you going to? Yeah, I think it's between Bartlett and Bearclaw. Um, I mean, you, you don't. You don't bring in a recruit like Bartlett not to wrestling. Especially on a free year. Right, yeah. I mean, look, he's he's five and one this year. Um he two matches at one forty nine, four matches at one forty one. Um, you know, it, he did have a nice win over Cole Matten, like you mentioned. Uh I think if you're gonna throw him out here, you're gonna do this. He this was the first match that he's wrestled this year that wasn't considered an extra match at a duel. He's been right. wrestling extra matches. Right. They threw him out as a starter. To me, that says something that at this po- stage in the season if you're going to throw him out as a starter against Ohio State, you think he's your guy going forward? I think, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Especially with what you saw out of this match. Yes, I would go Bartlett, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Bearclaw. Um, he's also a really solid recruit. Um, you know, Is that his name, Bearclaw? Yeah. Or are you just making that up? You just, his last name's Bearclaw. I love Bearclaw. Bearclaw or something like you that. You ever had a Bearclaw? Yeah, I don't eat sweets. I know, much. but they're so good. I, I, I like chips. <laughs> I like to read. I don't even know why we laughed at that. It's <laughs> funny. funny. Um, uh, here we go. Hey, who would have thought Elijah Cleary would lose three to one on a last second takedown? One fifty-seven. He, he tried I to create some I, I expected, offense. You know, Brady to win the match. Sure. You know, um, they're both boring as fuck to watch. Why do? Why do? Why does Ohio State struggle with one fifty-seven? Yeah, and it's like we're cursed. Going all the way back to John, either, to going right all the way back to Josh Demas with his leg in the air for 38 minutes against Brian uh, Murphy in the blood round at the NCAA tournament. We're cursed. That gives me that gives me heartburn. I still vividly What's, remember. Patty Gallagher, us, he's not a 57, right? He's gonna be a 65, right? He was a 60 pounder in high school. I think we ain't got shit. Well, Cartrell's 65. Patty's 57. Well, Cartrell might end up being a 74, though. Whatever. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other right now. Um, Cleary. Attempted to take some shots this time, which I'm impressed with. 
So here's the thing about him. He doesn't get blown out by barely anybody. Speaking of two he on almost one, these beat, guys were going back and forth with the Russian ties this match. Oh, my God, they were. <laughs> and that can get boring when it's like tie, retie, tie, retie. So, yeah, I mean, Cleary took Will Luan, the pretty good guy, who's actually beaten before. Cleary's beaten Will Luan before um, into the ride outs. And then he was close to beating, beating Bergie. He was in on some shots. He could have finished. I mean, 10 seconds left to win the match. That- oh, well, Elijah Cleary walked right into a double leg. <sighs> and, and I got up, and I was uh, the girl I was can, like, can we at least get a mat touch? Right. Like, can we mat touch and then maybe right. step in there? The girl I was watching the match with, I said, because I was kind of telling her, I was like, like she walked the into whole last leg? minute and a half, I was like, don't watch this guy, he's going to blow it. And then <laughs> like, she was like, you're so smart. You know everything about wrestling. I was like, yes, I know. Uh, and I do believe that conversation took place. Exactly it did because like I was like, "Watch, he's going to give up a takedown." With Except she did not say you're so smart. She said, "You know, you know about wrestling." Uh, I, put her in her I cr- got really nothing much to say about later. this. It was it was a relatively boring match. The outcome was to be expected. Um, Bergie is a guy you watch him sometimes. He looks like he's got the goods to place high, and other times he looks like he's. We don't know what we're going to get. I'm not as impressed with him, but I mean, he's got. You know, I'd love to have him on the Buckeyes team, though. Sure, the concussion injuries and stuff. Let's go 165, my man. Um, dude, I'm starting to get pretty excited about Ethan Smith. I, I know you've always been kind of relatively high on him. I'm starting to get a little excited about our man Ethan Smith going up against another big recruit for Penn State, Joe Lee. That name sounds made up, too. That sounds like a fake name, Joe Lee. Anyway, we digress. Um, so Ethan Smith, man, dude. What is he like? Eight and one on the year now. Eight and one, seven, eight and one. His only loss, first match of the season to Bronigal from Illinois. He's a tough guy to himself. A one, a one point loss, not a bad loss. And he's beaten him before, right? Yeah, it's not a bad loss. You know, and obviously, only wrestling within your conference this year limits the you know the number of quality matches you're going to get. But his last two matches, he gone up against two highly, highly anticipated recruits in Camamine and Joe Lee. He's got the job done against both of them, doing so well filling in for. Uh, Carson Karchula, who we all expected great things from. Uh, Isn't it nice that we actually have a little bit of depth there? It, it is nice. It, it's it's real nice. The and, dude is ranked to be an All-American right now. And that, that's what I was going to say. Like, we talked about how 165, you got that, that, that upper tier, that one tier that's so great, Marinelli, Mackay, Lewis, Shane Griffith, but it takes a dip after that. And after that, it's anybody's ballgame, man, anybody's guess. It's chili dip, baby. Um, So... Talk to you about this match. I'll talk to you about some wrestling here. So, here's a, l- let me extrapolate a little bit about Ethan, or Ethan's transitive properties extrapolation. We do an AP stats up yeah, here. Yeah, we do. I'm AP. Hey, I'm AP, baby. All pecker penis. All penis. Yeah, all, all penis. Ethan Smith. <laughs> what was <laughs> he had a nice win last year against David McFadden? What was what was our issue with Ethan Smith the past couple of years, man? We know what it was. Dude could not. Dude could get in on anybody. Couldn't, couldn't finish. finish. A shot. Just couldn't finish. He, single legs all day. Could not finish a shot. This year he's been able to finish some shots. Now it ain't. It, he ain't wrestling the top tier dudes. Are oh, you saying? You saying they're doing some developing out there? Yeah, he, I have that in my notes. That he looks like a guy that's been developed. You a are so bit. proud of these notes. Like you're like my notes. My yes. Notes. Go, go. I, I even have here. I said had trouble finishing. I thought he got over this, but he had a little trouble finishing in this match. At the start, he got in on a single leg, couldn't finish. Now, he did get on a second single leg, and he popped the knee out a little bit, and they had to go to injury time. I thought Jolie wasn't going to finish the match, man. They popped his knee out. I was like, oh, that's a torn ACL. I'm glad he was able to finish the match. Was Jolie a, a Dolly Parton song, or was that Jolene? Jolene. Oh, okay, yeah, never mind. But, um, so Smith takes down after the injury time, gets out. Here's the thing, going into the second period, Jolie, or Jolie takes 
um, Smith down, which doesn't concern me that much. Look, you're going to get taken down. But how about Ethan Smith? He hits a beautiful Gramby, catches the arm, catches the head from bottom, takes him to his back, and just sticks him. I don't think anybody in the Penn State fan base was expecting that. There was people that were picking Joe Lee to win. Not now. I was on BWI, and there was definitely people giving Ethan Smith his, his praise. There were people on Penn State BWI picking uh, who was that twenty five pounder they had? Robbie Howard? No, like the last couple of years. Oh the, my God! They're picking him to win. We got a chance against Thomas Dell. It's only Switzer Lee. If we can avoid going under him. Yeah, if we can avoid going under. If we can avoid Lee. being on our feet with him, Devin Snup. <laughs> yes, old Snups. Peppermint Snups. Peach Snups. Peach, Peach Snups. <laughs> Yeah, BWI will pick Pete Snuffs over freaking Tomasello. But, um, so dude, telling me there's a chance. hey, it was the most fired up I've seen Ethan Smith ever. After he stuck this dude, he got up. He was class. I mean, it was all class, but he was fired up because it also just tied the dual meet there. And, and, yeah, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, for a second, Buckeyes thought they, they were in this ballgame. <laughs> they were for a minute there. It was really, man, I tell you what, it was – Ethan Smith is going to be an All-American this year. Pencil him in. I, I definitely think he's in the conversation there. And look, Joe, this is because I think this he's is chronicle next. Time I, I get it. Joe Lee's first year starting. He's a tough dude. This dude went out and dominated Jake Winsel last year in redshirt. Jake Winsel for Pittsburgh, highly ranked, who just beat Mikhail Lewis. Lewis. Well, yeah. he was dominating before the injury yeah, default. You know, who is extremely tough in his own right. Uh, Joe Lee dominated him last year in redshirt. So. He's got the ability to win big matches. He's going to do great things. This is a huge win for for Ethan Smith, and he should have been pumped. Yeah, tell me. Tell me a guy outside of Marinelli, Lewis, and Griffith that, that Ethan's – now, Wenzel's, all, Wenzel's beaten Ethan Smith before. Uh, no, Wenzel beat Romero before. Uh, Travis one. Whitlake is somebody that yeah, – That's uh, the only one I'm thinking. Are you, are you telling me Ethan Smith can't beat Whitlake? I don't, I'm not saying that, the way I've seen Ethan Smith wrestle this year. I think there's literally only three guys that he can't beat. No, I'm not saying that who he's favored over, but I think there's three guys that he probably can't beat. But I think he can beat Whitlake, Whitlake Valencia. He's beaten Bronigal. Wenzel, he definitely can beat. And then after that, I mean, you're talking Schedule, Hartman, Keegan O'Toole, Cameron Amino, guys he already beaten, Keating, Dele, yeah. Those are the, those are the guys that he's gonna he has to be consistent and beat at the national tournament. Those are the he's got to get the job done against those guys, right? Because because against that top tier, it's a different level. They it's it is a different level, right? There. But if Ethan Smith took fourth, but or I, fifth at the NCAA's, I would not be shocked. I, I will, just, finish the I will just say, I'll disagree with you a bit on Whitlake. Whitlake, <sighs> remember, just, just give me a second here. You know, Whitlake is a guy that last year, as a redshirt freshman, went into uh, the NCAA tournament 28-2. Right, he only lost to Marinelli 3-1. Right. Now, he, had, he didn't have quite the schedule. He, he, he didn't, didn't beat a ton of huge ranked guys. He beat some decent guys. So Tell me his hit list. Yeah, I'm going right. to tell you, it ain't going to be as impressive as you think. Well, okay. Um, it, it actually is. Last year, he actually wrestled, um, shit, dude, two, four, six, eight ranked matches. He was six and two in those matches. Yeah, tell me, okay. tell me he beat Jake Winsel. He lost to Shane Griffith four to one. He lost to Marinelli three to two. His only losses. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, those he are... beat Thomas Bullard. He beat Jake Winsel again. Okay. He beat uh, Andrew Fogarty. He beat Tanner Cook, who was 22 and four for South Dakota State. No, those are good. Those he are had, good wins. Yeah, he, he was legit last year. But I would year. say those guys are not as good as Ethan Smith. Like Fogarty's not as good as Ethan Smith, in my opinion. The other guys are obviously like the other. See, I put 
Fogarty, Winslow, Ethan. To me, they're all in that same same bracket there. Okay, uh, they're I did you put like them in Fogarty. a round robin. Like you put Fogarty. them in a round robin tournament, and they're gonna they're gonna a beats b beats b beats. I'm kind of pumped that Fogarty didn't get a chance to yeah to, to wrestle the NCAA. Yeah, I, I thought agree. he would have been able to get on the podium. So I, I think Whitlake will be another tough match, but I. Dude, Ethan Smith is in the conversation to get on that podium, which is awesome considering oh, yeah. what we were expecting at 165 this year. Yeah. I, I'm really happy with Ethan Smith. Just from a from a wrestling standpoint, he's finishing the shots a lot better. He would have finished that shot on um, Lee if Lee wouldn't have got injured. And, and it was a legit injury. It didn't look great. Um, but he's moving really well on his feet. And, and here's, here's the difference, I think, about Ethan Smith, and it really makes me excited. A lot of people move awkwardly on their feet, even if they're moving well. He moves in, out, and high-low. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. he's 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 going in and out, which causes people to causes people to lose their rhythm and timing. But he's going high low, which also causes people to be concerned and lose timing. That's why he's getting in on those deep shots. Um, I do think he's one of the guys that Ohio State has developed. And I tell you what, man, that Granby rolled a pin against a guy like Joe Lee. Who? That's awesome. Oh, I wish there was fans in Cavelli because they would have went freaking raucous. Uh, One seventy four, probably the most highly anticipated match of the duel. Um, between, I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, good on Caleb Romero being able to go out there. Absolutely. To, coming back from an injury to wrestle this match, a, a battle of you know, basically top five type guys, top five, top eight type guys. Well, and Starocki's a, Starocki's a freaking stud. He's a stud. I mean, we talked about him uh, you know, last week a little bit. Um, Starocki's a guy that freaking dominated last year in redshirt. Everybody got super excited about him. Um, this year... He's looked really good. He had a big win against Logan Massa last week, uh, seven to one, I think, in, in, in overtime or tiebreakers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Massa kind of put himself in a stupid position, but yeah, yeah I mean, Strachey won. He, he took he took advantage Absolutely. of it, got the job done. Yeah. So Caleb Romero is a guy who another guy that's been developed a little bit. See, all right, I think, you know? yeah, we're starting to see a little gro- growth on top of his athleticism that he's always had. Right. Um, I still have a concern with him. But this was a good match. It was it was a good match in two completely contrasting styles. Uh, I don't know how contrasting they are. Explain that to me a little bit more, if you don't, if if you don't mind. Because I see them both as being good hand fighters, good double legs. Um, neither one really creates a. Neither one at this stage in their career are really creating amazing openings with their hand fighting. And I, I guess maybe Ethan Smith was, or excuse me, Caleb Romero was doing that last year. This year, his hand fighting is great, but he shot a lot of doubles straight into the elbows of um, Carter Starachi. He wasn't really able to, like, create the angles. He did get in twice on Starachi on his uh, left leg with single legs, beautiful single legs, which Romero, known for doubles. Known for doubles so from a distance. Yeah, he hits his single legs both times. He tried to limp arm out without securing the left leg with his left hand. So he would shoot in, and he would try to limp arm out, but he would, like, let go of the leg to, like, try to, like, get behind. Instead of going around the front with your right. left leg. Well, he wasn't holding on to the other leg. Mm-hmm. If you want to limp arm, that's fine, but you need to limp. You need to, you need to hold on to that leg, then limp arm, and go to the other leg. He let go of the leg both times when he tried to limp arm. Both times. It's just too fast for that. That ain't going to work, brother. He had, in overtime, Strachey's leg in the air. Dead to rights. And you know what he did? He did freaking high school bullshit. He has the leg up in the air, and guess what he does? He dives for the other ankle. So talk to me about this development. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I do like the fact that I, we're, we're seeing multiple attacks. Um, I, I think that we need to 
so the development right there is the fact that Michael Kemmerer didn't even take him down. Okay. He wrestled. So, so let's touch. Let's this, touch on that a second. This is the first time he's been. This is the first time he's been back on the mat in a couple weeks. He, he looked a little rusty. I think he beats Starachi next time they wrestle. I think it's a toss up. And I'm not. Like, of course, it's a toss up. But and I'm not saying that because I'm a homer. I just think that Romero got to Starachi's legs a decent amount. Now Starachi got to his legs too. So, I guess here's my concern with with Romero. We see a lot of the same thing from him in, in terms of he'll wrestle really good guys and he can always keep it close. He can always just keep it close. He's hard to score on. You know what I mean? He, he, he if you're is, talking really good guys, yes. He's been yeah, blowing out the less than, I, I, less I'm talking less. about throughout his career, really good guys. He, if you're just looking at box door scores, you'll see, oh, man, he wrestled 2-1 to one with Skatska. He wrestled you know, 3-1 uh, to one with Labriola. He, he did this. He did that. 3-1 to one against Dylan Lighty. But when I watch those matches... And it's still, I still kind of have this feeling today. To I still have this feeling today. I don't have the confidence that he's going to go get that, right. that winning takedown. And that's, he finally did against Skatska, and that's what kind of put it over the edge for me. Okay. When he did beat Skatska. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I need to see more of that. And that's where, what I'm afraid of. Agreed. That's what I'm afraid of, especially at, at the big tournament, the big show. You're going to be wrestling all good guys. They're going to be close matches. You've got to get – you've got to have, have the ability to get that – that match-winning takedown when needed. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what scares me. Starachi's a guy who I'm a little more confident that he's, he's got some goods to be able to score points when needed. here's the thing. Romero had it. I know. He had it in overtime. He, did, he had he his did, leg yes. in the air. Yes. yes, And then he freaking does something boneheaded. Ex- exactly. So, But that's fixable. They it, both, it, they, they both, 100%. Yeah, they were yes. both in on each other's legs a decent amount. 100%. I would like to see Caleb Romero hand fight or all through his fan hand fighting a little bit. He's a great hand fighter in terms of just snapping down, snapping down, snapping down. But you know what? You need to move guys, not just up down. You need to move them from side, side to side. side. You got to create angles. You got to create yeah, angles. He's not creating. He's living on the railroad tracks, as uh, yep. Gibbons would say. Yeah. Instead of creating the angles, right? Um, I do. All that to say, because, you know, and, and, and rightfully so, we're, we're giving a little bit of the business here. Caleb Romero looks good, and he looks very primed. He looks really good He this looks year. very primed to be a, 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 an All-American guy, um, definitely. And if I looked at the weight class, I'll tell you what, outside of um, Kemmerer, and oh, even though the Kemmerer couldn't take him down, I'm, it's still he can't beat Kemmerer in my opinion. But outside of that, um, I think he could beat Labriola. He, it would be tough. He's kept it close with him in the past. Yeah. Very close. He hasn't, so, but anybody else, he could make the finals. He could make the finals. And I'm pretty sure – it's always been the same thing with Labriola. Back to when they wrestled in the Pittsburgh Classic, the Dapper Dan, yeah. it was like a two-to-one match. Right. He just couldn't He, he, he couldn't create his he, own offense. Yeah. He couldn't find an opening. He couldn't create something. To, 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 I'll say it again. You knew he was going to lose the match. You can't get the go to take Yeah, down. you knew he was going to lose yeah. the He's match. He's not going to get blown out. He's, exactly. He's going to keep it close, which is great. Now we got to develop that, that, that ability to that get that takedown. That final shot. That final right? thing that right final there. Shot. That final like, We almost had it with Starachi. Right. Yeah, he just exactly. didn't quite get it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's because Good points, it's, man. It, this, it is a tough weight class. Kimmer, Logan Massa, Demetrius Romero, Labriola, Starachi, you know, it, and then it drops off a bit after that. But it's all going to be it's, it's, it's going to be tough matches with everyone. I, it, definitely, I anticipate him All-American. This I year. like Jacob Oliver in this weight. Remember that from last week? Didn't he used to wrestle for Central Michigan? <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's funny. Um, the oh, rest of this let's not just... forget about Dustin Plot. No, Dustin Plot's real good. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we could we could wrap this up in two minutes. The rest of this freaking match. Well, Rocky Jordan looks like he just is, Rocky Jordan, Gavin Hoffman, Tate Orndorff. So I would I would like just to talk, disappointment. 
I'm fine with even skipping over Rocky versus Aaron Brooks, except for to say that Aaron Brooks is a bad man. Aaron Brooks is a stud, and I was reading Spay's commentary on on some of the rankings, guys that are ranked lo- lower than you would expect or whatever, and he talked about Aaron Brooks, and he's like, look, based on how we rank, Bolin and Hidley are ranked ahead of him, but Aaron Brooks is my pick to be a national champion. I love it. I, I believe he's going to be a national champion, yeah. and I can't. I think those I can't. Guys, I can't hate. I think, dude, it's going to be battles. But Brooks I can't. Is right there in it, dude. Brooks, Brooks might be the most complete wrestler in this. He's weight dynamic class. as fuck, man. He's scary. He's yeah. scary. You know what I'm saying? And like, look, yeah, he's athletic, and I, I hate to use that word, especially with uh, black athletes, because I, I use it with Caleb Romero. No, but, but because I understand that, like, you know. People like want to say, okay, black athletes are always just getting talk athletic. Look, the dude is athletic as fuck, but that's not even close to what the reason what makes him good. He is so technically sound in every position. He does that damn ankle ride on top. He can ride you. He's so slick on his feet. He's so technically superior. When he gets into a leg, he finishes. I don't see him. He's the one guy I don't see him get into a leg and not finish. That's the biggest Piss off pain in the ass for me with Rocky Jordan is he can get in on his Jordan single every time against anybody, but he can't freaking finish it. Aaron Brooks finishes a damn single leg every time. He's just so technically sound. I mean, finishing is the tough part, toughest part of the takedown. You know, the battle doesn't even begin until they get to your legs, basically. It's true. Um, it, 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 just, it's, it just goes to show how great this kid is. And, dude, he's not scared of anyone. He got out in eight seconds against Jordan. And Jordan's a guy that, you know, is no, give me sometimes your decent Let me try to tell you. Sometimes, okay, cool. Sometimes decent. Expecting big things there, Ben. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like. <laughs> we got a chance. He's sometimes decent on top. What do you want to say, man? Jordan, uh, Aaron Brooks is just a bad I, man. I just think it's funny. I don't know. He's a bad man, man. Talk to, okay, Rocky Jordan. Has he regressed? No. From he last wasn't year? that good last year. I'm just curious. I'm just curious I mean, what your I guess is. he beat Vans and Bronigo last year. It's hard to say this year because of the fact that um, we don't have a lot of data yeah, points. Yeah, the data points aren't there. But even this year, he's four and five in nine matches. He got his ass beat by Nelson Brands. Hey, ass beat. It was three to nothing, and the score was closer than the match was. You talking about against Brands? Against Brands. Oh, it was gnarly, dude. It was not even a freaking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel very comfortable with Rocky Jordan beating anybody. He lost to John Posnanski. Didn't he run the Ponzi scheme? Yeah, it was, the, it was John Posnanski, <laughs> Slim Kettering, and... Yeah. Uh, I, big recruit? Big name? He wasn't a big recruit, though. I mean, he was a top 50 recruit. Top top 100 recruit coming in? Yeah, so was Elijah Cleary. I, I feel like Rocky Jordan, not him... Because personally, he'd rather be fishing. <laughs> I'm gonna send him that shirt. Send him that you know bumper sticker. We gotta send him that bumper sticker. <laughs> I'd rather be fishing from the tit. Tell him. Tell, tell our listeners what, what what that means. Rocky Jordan was a huge competitive bass fisherman. He Couple still is. State champ. Yeah, and that's what he likes to do. He just he, he, he likes wants to, to fish. He likes to fish more than he likes to wrestle. He's wrestling because that's what his family. Does. And oh man! Speculation. God, how uh, I'm just doing this because that's what my family does. Uh, I was a three-time state champ, and all, uh, well, all, all the other ones are four-time state champs. <laughs> so you're saying he might be Jim Jordan's son? Oh, hey, 
Is there a bigger fuck in the world than Jim Jordan? I can name a few. Um, anyway, all right, cool. Enough said on that. Um, 197. <laughs> the biggest embarrassment of the night. Yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, Th- oh we agree. We agree. Hey, I'm embarrassed because here's the Isn't biggest- Michael Beard why Penn State didn't recruit Gavin Hoffman? Yes. Dude, if I'm Gavin Hoffman, I am pissed. So I have all, I have, I'm pissed. I got a chip on my shoulder the size of the biggest Pringle you can find. So people are spilling that tea and talking about it. Gavin Hoffman's like family is like they had like Penn State like season tickets and all this shit like years. They were recruiting Gavin Hoffman. Michael Beard had committed to Northwestern. Right. Beard uh, de- Beard's a Malvern Prep guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Beard decommits from Northwestern, and Kale recruits him. Smart man. Kale the same way with um with uh, heavyweight Neville's versus uh what's his face uh, the guy we ended up getting who ended up going to Lockhaven. Uh, Thomas Haynes. Yeah. And so they don't recruit Gavin Hoffman. We like you. We don't like you that much. Yeah. Gavin Hoffman goes out and beats Beard, at who's number one. And so basically Ooh. that was like the that was like the hey, hey, Kale, you made the wrong decision. Oh, so you you're saying he's like he's happy with what he's done. Yeah, and then Gavin Hoffman goes out. Michael Beard gets a single on the leg. You know how Gavin Hoffman likes to scramble. Gavin Hoffman tried to dive for the leg. <laughs> he tried to do a roll through. It looked worse than anything I literally do right now. Beard's a big man. He got put on his back and pinned so fast. It was the most embarrassing <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Because Michael Beard got up. He looked at Gavin Hoffman in his eyes. I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm not lying to you. He didn't, like, celebrate over him or anything. But he looked at him basically to say, like, you need to talk, stop talking that shit because I'm the man. What the fuck is wrong with Hoffman? And that's all I got to say about that. I, I can't even add anything to that. Disappointment, lack of growth, an embarrassment of a match. I thought this was, I actually thought this could be a battle. I Me thought this too, match could be, I was excited for it. I thought it could be a battle. I was like, Hoffman's going to come out there. He's going to be scrambling, passing legs, passing ankles. He's going to win this match, baby. Oh, he scrambled right to his back and then scrambled off the mat. <laughs> and he was held on his back for like 40 seconds. And I just looked at his face and I was just like, I wanted to help the dude. I was like, bro, like, I, let me help I just, you. I, I just wanted to whisper to him, just like, shh, just let it happen, my man. Just, just yeah, let it, get it, it over with. Just, just get it up, over man. with. Just, yeah. Hey, <laughs> what does it say? Succumb to the darkness. <laughs> uh, all right, two eighty five, man. Hey, taint is no, no good, man. dude. You send who, this guy back to Utah. You know who beat Seth Neville last year? Yes, Gas Tank Gary. Gas Tank Gary. Gary beat Seth Neville last year. And we get this. We guy got a big a, time transfer. Tank, Everybody's excited. First team All American in yeah. the NWA. Everybody's excited. Yeah. We lose the backups. We lose the backups. What is going on with him? And it was an embarrassing match too. Uh, you know, I think we touched about it a little bit last week. The Big Ten is different than whatever conference Utah. Well, look at Tate's hit list. I'll pull it up. Tanner Hall. Jordan Wood. Dude, there's a reason we got excited about him. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not excited about him anymore. I'm oh, not. No. I, I, I'm saying put Gaston Gary in. Is he hurt? No. No. Yeah, so I, I'm, just, I'm just not excited about him anymore right now. Dude, the man is four and five. He's four and five. He had a lot of great wins last year. Now, the Big Ten is tough, especially when it comes to heavyweights. And but he beat I guys can't that fault made him, the podium But before. I can't fault him. Okay. He lost. To Mason Paris, he lost to Cassiope, he lost to Trent Hilger. Okay, I'll give you that. But to uh, he, Hilger pinned him, but he also lost to Luke Huffman. 
Yeah. Okay. Seth Neville's. And Seth Neville's. And those are matches. Look, you're the starting heavyweight for the Ohio State Buckeyes. You were all American candidate last year. Had we he, had the he tournament. was ranked eighth. Right. He, he got the you NWCA were, first team all American. First team all American. You're four and five. Or you're four and five. It's just not good, brother. It's just not good. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate we had to end the conversation I feel like, like that. Because I, I had a lot of excitement I feel, about some of this. I feel like things. he transferred because this is his charity mission again. He's going on another charity mission. He's going to go back and do great things in Utah. Maybe he does need to go back. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So. Uh, all in all, there was, a, there was highs and lows. There were highs and lows. We'll call it. Uh, Smiles and cries. Yeah, well, uh, That's all you uh, got. You know, we'll call it uh, mixed reviews. I think you're a little more hyped about it, than, like a little more confident and excited about it than I am. I, I, as an Ohio State fan, I, I, I'm struggling to be excited right now. There, there's a couple of guys I'm excited about. I'm excited about Malik. Okay. I'm excited about Emilio. Sasso. Sasso, Smith, Romero. I'm talking about going into the postseason – there's a few guys I, I can be excited about. Overall, I, I worry about the, the future of the program, especially as it pertains to recruits. Over, under, four All-Americans. Under. Okay, so let's think Malik, Sasso, Smith, Romero would be four. I'm going to take the under. Maybe somehow some sort of slut magic would say Tate Orndorff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, the safe bet is to take the under because I haven't seen Malik's never gotten it done. You don't. Uh, we have no all Americans on our team from a from an actual podium. We don't. We don't. So I'll take. I the, say our team. I mean, we root for Ohio State, you know. But I mean, we you, try to be pretty you unbiased. Could say our team. Well, we try to be pretty unbiased. All right. So this isn't even like the. This isn't even like a super super impressive Penn State team. They're pretty young. They got some studs, but they're, they're not. young. But you know what those guys do? Those young guys do. They wrestle a lot in red shirt, and they gray shirt and wrestle a lot. Yeah. They they want to compete. They, they battle. Get better. They get better. You know, why do they if get you better? get in that room and you can't get better, that's on you. Why do they always get better? But we have, like we got we don't have studs in our room. Why aren't we getting that much better? Positive infinity, my man. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, all right. So that's Ohio State, Penn State. Um. A couple other things we can wrap up. I, I did want to touch on Iowa a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued with the, with the 184 situation in Iowa. I, I get it. Nelson Brands has been wrestling. Everybody got super hyped up. First match of the year beat Taylor Venz. Great win. Venz is known to give up losses uh, at time to time. And he's also hurt. I don't, has Venz even wrestled recently? Um, uh, he's 3-2, and two, so he wrestled. He, has a, uh, he wrestled. He hasn't wrestled since January 31st. Yeah. Yeah, when, when he lost in the Nebraska duel. Um, but, so, n- before beating Rocky Jordan, Nelson was in a little bit of a slump, lost to Max Lyon, lost to Zach Bronigle. Not only did he lose to those guys, um, he didn't do a whole lot, scored one point in each of those matches. You're talking about Nelson Brands? Nelson Brands. Yeah. So, what's interesting about this, in my opinion, is they got this guy on their team, Assad, Acid, Assad. Assad. It's Assad. Yeah, Assad, Acid's yeah. the Michigan guy. Yeah, Assad okay. is this guy. Yeah, it's hard to keep up. Their starter last year pulled out a, out a red shirt. They pulled him out over Wilkie and Brands. Yep. Dude, he had pretty pretty solid wins, okay? Talk to me about that. So, uh, from what I understand, Assad didn't wrestle much in the offseason, I think due to injury. He wrestled Brands 
his first match back competing, you know, in some sort of like uh, it was a freestyle match, I think. Um, some sort of like you know, I don't know what you would call it, like a exhibition exhibition type match or whatever. Uh, before the season started, uh, Brands beat him up nine to nothing, but it's freestyle match, and it was Assad's first match back. Right. Okay, I'm. Why have they not given this guy a chance in a duel to see how he performs? Because Nelson Brands. I can't get as excited about the Iowa Hawkeye fans about him. I, I just can't. I think he's a guy, kind of like D'Amelio, who ooh, he, may, he may work himself into a victory over some surprising matches from time to time, but he's still a little bit undersized at 184, even though he's grown a he lot. Looks he looks big. Mean, he's bigger, but I still think he's a little undersized. 74 should be his weight class. Yes, absolutely. But um, he's, but, well, he, he's not going <sighs> to. Why are they not giving Assad a chance? Has Assad wrestled at all this year? He has not. So maybe, maybe he's hurt. He's not wrestled at all. I mean, maybe he is. I haven't seen anything about it. normally you would think that he would go in some of those extras. Yeah, I haven't seen anything that's about it. That's what it, it is. Um, Assad was 22-7 and seven last year. You think that's what it is? You think it's because he's hurt? Well, why wouldn't he wrestle in some of the extras? I don't know. It's a free year. I don't. I don't know. That's what makes this so, I've, so interesting, and I've heard nothing about an injury. But if I'm the Iowa coach, It's coaches, too late I right got, now. Yeah, I, but I, I would have given him a chance in some yeah. of these duels. You know, look at Assad's hit list from last year. Yeah, talk to him about um, that. That's what I want to 22 and 7. So he had wins over Taylor Venz. He had a win over Tanner Harvey. Wrestled a lot of good guys really close. Um, I think Iowa fans were were concerned about his inconsistency. Iowa fans expect everybody to go out and be undefeated four-time national champ, so it, just, right, it doesn't right. always happen. But, um, you know, he wrestled guys really well. Had wins over Chris Weiler. Um uh, Johnny Sebastian, uh, Rocky Jordan, uh, Tanner Harvey, good guy from American, Taylor Venz, um, Cam Caffey at the Big Ten Championship, Owen Webster, Owen Webster, the hot starter at 184 Super from Minnesota. Yeah. You know, he had went over him as well. You know, Owen Webster, I think he transferred from D3. I like that. Yeah. So, um, wait a minute. Check out Owen Webster. He was a transfer from, uh, yeah, he went Augsburg. Augsburg, yeah. Yeah, give me a second here. Um, I, I, I think that's a cool story. I think I misspoke. No, you're good, brother. I think I misspoke. Okay. Yeah, I was – my bad. I completely misspoke on that. That was Aaron Brooks. Assad had wins over guys oh. like Rocky Jordan, Max Lyon, um, Taylor Venz. Still some good wins there. Travis Stefanik from Princeton, who was a tough guy. Uh, you know, wrestled Lujan relatively close, even though he didn't score a point. Um, he competed really well. Dude – Assad had a, had a win last year. You, you wouldn't think much about it when it happened over Parker Kekasign from UNI. He was in red shirt last year. He went 18-1 and one in red shirt. He's the starter this year for Northern Iowa. He's 9-0. and 9-0. He beat Sammy Colbray. He beat Cade Belshay. He beat Britt Wilson. Britt Wilson this year, Dakota Gear. Dude, keep an eye on this guy. Yeah, that dude's a stud, He's a way. stud. Yeah. Assad, Assad beat him last year. So I think it's got to be an injury then because if we haven't seen him, that's the only reason why I would think that. Now – we don't see what happens in the room, and we saw the 9-0 freestyle win, but that can't be the only, the only data point. So my guess is that there's got to be something, something lurking in the background for that. Do you think what's lurking in the background is the brand's last name? Mm. No, because, because Assad started over him last year, and Brands, had a, Brands beat Colbert last year. Yeah, Brands actually had some, some, some decent matches yeah, last year. So they easily could have started Brands last year. All right, so we're, we're going the injury route then. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Doesn't that make a little bit of sense? It makes sense to us, and I hope that's what it is, because if they didn't give him a chance, to me, that's 
Well, that, then we'll probably see him somewhere that's, else next that's year. Irresponsi- he'll that's probably be in the, irresponsible. He'll probably be in the portal next year then. You think so? This, yeah, I mean, it's a gonna, free year. They're not going to waste scholarship money on a dude who ain't freaking wrestling. Yeah, good point. They got some money coming off the books, though, next year. Kimmer, Marinelli. They can all come back. Oh, that's right. And I think I read where they're all talking about coming back. Kimmer would be like a, like a seven or eight-year senior. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. All right. Um, anything else you want to touch on? Man, no, dude. I, I, I thought I really had a good time talking some wrestling there with you. This is fun, dude. And it's under an hour, 20 minutes. Got to be a personal record. Hey, that's a that's a PR, baby. <laughs> all right. That's all we got for you guys. Looking forward to talking about some of the conference action that's coming up next time we get on the pod. Uh, episode 118 in the books. As always, don't wind up on your back, bro.